Good morning, my friends and visitors. I remind you that today is a day to celebrate God's goodness to us. Despite our own worst tendencies and love of sin, despite the enemy raging against our best hearts and good deeds, despite the context of the world we live in, which seems to be at a very low ebb indeed in terms of holiness and sanctity. Today is a day to celebrate because God has us meeting together to pray and worship him at a building with the name St. Andrew's next to the front door. Twelve years ago in a day, we met together here for the first time as St. Andrew's Church. About 1,268 masses later, and about 3,380 daily offices later, all said and sung right here in this building. We should thank God for his grace and mercy to this little outpost of his kingdom. Yes, uh, tomorrow technically is the anniversary, so this is the Sunday anniversary of the founding of our mission church. Let me suggest that the continued work of this mission outpost, the continued growth of this parish, the continued service that we are to bring to our community must reflect the priorities found in our gospel lesson this morning. Page 694 in your pew Bibles will get you to St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 36 to 42. Page 694. Firstly, I would like us to note the continued theme from last week's epistle lesson in verses 39 through 42. Humility is essential in our work together and in our witness to our communities around us. Remember as much as you think you might know about any given subject, and I'm talking to all of us because we all think this way at times, No matter how much you think you know about any given subject, there is always someone who knows more. And when we harp a little too hard on our knowledge and we're a little puffed up about our self, God tends to have us bump into people who know more all the time. Remember, as good as you are at some skill or talent, there's always someone better than you at that skill or talent. Yes, I know, eventually there's someone who's the best in the world, but just pray for their souls. Let God lift you up. Speak truth in love with no emphasis on yourself. Back at the top of our gospel lesson, we read Jesus' words, Therefore, be merciful. Just as your Father also is merciful, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Mercy is a wonderful attitude towards others who are in misery, or at least a very unfortunate state. It is an attitude of compassion for our fellow creatures who are suffering. God, our Father, was merciful to us 
and to his whole creation, sending his very Son to redeem us from suffering and misery. So as God the Father is merciful, so be merciful to those less fortunate than yourself. This is doing the very work of God in his creation, imitating his example. So Cyril of Alexandria says it clearly, it is a most excelling thing and very pleasing to God and in the highest degree proper for pious souls. It may suffice for us to imprint upon our mind that compassion is an attribute of the divine nature. Be merciful, he says, as your heavenly Father is merciful. Judging must be done ever so carefully. Of course, we do make judgments all the time. Make no mistake about it. In fact, the Holy Scriptures require us to do so. Well, what is Jesus getting at here? Cyril, again, helps us to see. Whoever, therefore, is guided by good sense does not look at the sins of others, does not busy himself about the faults of his neighbor, but closely reviews his own misdoings. Again, we have this theme of humility. This attitude and life lived in humility will help you to avoid condemning others and will help you to forgive others and will help you, maybe most difficult, to ask for forgiveness. Jesus says a truly astonishing thing in verse 38, at least a very very astonishing thing to our culture. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And as we hear week by week, we are reminded that he also said it is more blessed to give than to receive. God asks a tithe of us, and a tithe is 10%. 10% of our income, which is all God's, all of the income is God's, and of which we are stewards, 10% of our income is to go into the offering plate. It is the new covenant version of the grain offering in the old covenant, where a tithe of the farmer's crop was given to the temple, and a handful was burned on the altar, showing that it was all God's. The New Testament, however, pushes the tithe farther. St. Paul in his second letter to the Corinthians says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. The apostle follows that with this, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. We are to give, yes, financially, yes, of our material things, as, for instance, you have a boat, take people out on the water, take them skiing. If you have uh, a nice fire pit, invite friends over to sit around it, to smoke your stogies and to have a glass of beer. 
Whatever it is that God gives you, share it out abundantly. Yes, there is a place to steward your time, your emotions, your family, etc. But with that in mind, be open and giving to everyone of all the gifts that you have, from financial to spiritual, because God promises a return. It may not be the return we always want, but it's the return we need. Trust God. God gives us what we need. Our giving of ourselves will only bless us with God's grace. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What do we need to be told more than what we've heard this morning? To trust God. Let us live boldly in this way that Jesus instructs us that we might grow his kingdom here in this little part of Northern California as we continually give thanks to God for his abundant care and mercy towards this little corner called St. Andrew's Church in this place. Let us grow the church. Let us be mindful of his grace and mindful of our calling. Allow me to close with some commentary from Bishop Wright. He says, this list of instructions is all about is all about which God you believe in and about the way of life that follows as a result. We must admit with shame that large sections of Christianity down the years seem to have known little or nothing of the God Jesus was talking about. Much that has called itself by the name of Jesus seems to have believed instead in a gloomy God, a penny-pinching God, a God whose only concern is to make life difficult, and salvation nearly impossible. But by the same token, this passion gives the lie to the old idea, which was around in Jesus' day as well as in our own, that all religions are really the same, that all gods are really variations on the same theme. This god is different. If you lived in a society where everyone believed in this god, there wouldn't be any violence. There wouldn't be any revenge. There wouldn't be any divisions of class or caste. Property and possessions wouldn't be nearly as important as making sure your neighbor was all right. Imagine if even a few people around you took Jesus seriously and lived like our gospel lesson speaks. Life would be exuberant, different, astonishing. People would stare. May it be so for St. Andrew's Church in this next year and beyond. Amen.